14 is our foundational passage for our series. And I want to start there and then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter number 4. But this is what the psalmist says. Wait patiently for the Lord and be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And as you are trying to digest those very direct words, let's look together at Hebrews chapter number 4. Beginning with verse number 1, it says this, God's promise of entering His rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Look at what the writer's saying. We should tremble in fear if any of us would miss out on the rest that God has promised and prepared for us. For this good news that God had prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. For only we who believe can enter His rest. Please highlight, underline that, or write that down. For only we who believe can enter His rest. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. And now verse number 11. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Again, look at verse number 11. So let us do our best to enter that rest. And from this, I want to talk to you for the next few moments as we continue this series, wait a minute, on the subject, the three mile per hour God. The three mile per hour God. You know, we spend a good portion of our lives waiting, constantly waiting for a table at our favorite restaurants, in line to go on rides for our paycheck or for our promotion. We're, we're waiting on the release of a new season of our favorite series on Netflix. And shout out to all of you Ozark lovers. I've been waiting to dive into the recent season, picking the perfect time and opportunity to do that. In fact, why don't you in the comments below share what your favorite series is. Come on, let us know the series that you're waiting on the release of the new season of. We're waiting to meet the right romantic partner. We're waiting for a meeting to start or for a storm to end, for a loved one to get ready. And I'm going to pause here, and because it's Mother's Day, I want to give some good advice, some wise counsel to all of you guys out there. This is going to change your life and your relationships forever. Hear me. If your wife says that she's going to be ready in five minutes, there is no need to remind her every 20 minutes about it. But we're waiting, constantly waiting for a specific holiday or for a vacation to finally arrive. And if we're honest with ourselves, the majority of us, if not all of us, we view waiting as something negative. We do not like to wait. We view waiting as inconvenient. We view it as frustrating, even cruel. And most of us would rather do anything than wait. Some of us would rather do the wrong thing than wait. 
And the reason for this is because we as Americans living in the 21st century, we have hurry sickness. That's right. You most likely have hurry sickness. Have you ever heard the American prayer before or been guilty of praying it yourself? It goes like this. Lord, give me patience and I want it right now. Patience is, is not a virtue that our society seems to favor or one that we want to embrace. Myself included, I am the chiefest of sinners. Our motto is, give it to me quick or just forget about it. A doctor by the name of Larry Dossie, who works as an internist in Dallas, he coined a term that describes this problem. People who hate to wait suffer from what he calls hurry sickness. And Dr. Dossie defines hurry sickness as an increased sensitivity to the passage of time. And he believes that people who are suffering from hurry sickness die well before their time. They die before really they're supposed to die. But I recognize that the guy beside me is not the only one living that way. I'm guilty of it myself. In fact, right now I'm working a host of jobs. I'm a husband, a father. I've got so many different irons in the fire, racing hither, thither, and yon. My days are fully occupied. Wake up early and then it's run, 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 run until late at night. People talk about, not just myself, but others, we all are talking about how our plates are too full. We talk about how we're living in the fast lane, about how we don't have enough hours in the day, and that we're running a race that not even a rat could win. We want to slow down, but we're afraid the world is going to fall apart if we do. We think that the business that we own can't live without us. We think that the job that we work can't go on without us. We think that the hobbies that we're into, that we're going to forget about them and how to do them successfully or skillfully. And we just think that everything's just going to come unhinged if we stop, if we pause, if we take a break. The funny thing is, the ironic thing is that we're all one day going to slow down. We're going to do that permanently. And the saddest part of all, the reality of the matter, is that the world is going to go right on without us. That business, those hobbies, your job, even our families, they're going to go on without us. And I wanted to talk about this for a moment because Dr. Dossie says that Hurry sickness is especially prevalent among highly motivated, achievement-oriented people. Now here we sit in Lake Norman and Mooresville, North Charlotte. We're in a highly affluent area. I am neighbors with very successful people. And you know the kind of people that the doctor's talking about. Highly motivated achievement-oriented people. That's right, I'm talking about you. You are the one that I want to speak to today. Dr. Dossie says, hurry sickness is most prevalent among 
this demographic among people just like me and you. And he said that it often really sets in around the age of 30 and it gets worse with the passing years. So you might be young, healthy, successful, ambitious, but you got to be careful. You're prone to hurry sickness and you may be deeply infected even right now. And what happens if it's left unchecked? I mean, what's really the big deal about hurry sickness? Why is it a problem to be running at such a fast pace? Well, Dr. Dossi mentions that we will suffer many physical realities because of it. Ulcers, high blood pressure, tension headaches, high cholesterol, lowered resistance to disease, and then it culminates often with a heart attack, And what he doesn't mention, well, that's just as bad. Increasing levels of anxiety, a frustrated spouse, neglected children, a deteriorating spiritual life, a short temper, constantly on edge, unable to sleep. And we do more, we work harder, we run faster, and then we wind up in an early grave. And the reality of the matter is that physically, mentally, emotionally, it just doesn't seem worth it. We were not designed to function like this. Hear me today. Pause the distractions. And let me say that again. God does not want us to live this way. We are out of the will of God in the way that we are conducting ourselves here in the United States of America in the 21st century. And no, I'm not just talking about political issues, lifestyle issues. I'm talking about the busyness of our lives, what our lives look like, a blur, lives that are constantly in motion. And do you know that a restless, frantic world longs for what Christians say that we have. That's the first thing that I want to leave with you today. And if you're taking notes, please write that down. We say that because of Jesus, we have peace, we have rest, that we lack nothing. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter number 11. He says, are you wearied? Are you tired? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. Come to me and I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Yes, we need vacations. We need downtime. We need to unplug. Sabbaticals are nice. But Jesus says, come to me if you're tired, if you're weary, if you're frantic and hectic. I am what you need. I am going to refresh your life. I am your oasis. I'm better than a spa day. I'm better than a night out with the girls. I'm I'm better than a few hours in the man cave. I am going to be your oasis, Jesus said. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you're going to discover that I'm gentle and humble and easy to please. And hear me today, if the Jesus, if the God that you know is not gentle and humble and easy to please, one that takes pressure off of you, rather than put pressure on you, then you 
do not know the real Jesus. And that's why Waterview exists. That's why we're here. We want you to know and to fall in love with the real Jesus. And then Jesus in Matthew 11 says, you're going to find refreshment. This is such good news, friends. I'm talking today to tired, worn out, stressed out, anxiety-filled people. Listen to this good news. Jesus says, you're going to find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and will be easy to bear. How is this possible? Well, I think all of us recognize and understand that Jesus has a different power. Jesus is God. Jesus is is operating as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the power that is inside of him is going to be put inside of us. John says, but as many as receive Jesus, to them, he's going to give them power to become the sons of God. Jesus has a different power. He's fueled by the power of heaven, the most powerful force in all the earth. In fact, Jesus said, behold, I have all power in heaven and in earth, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me all power. That means that any other power that may exist out there has been given to Jesus. He reigns supreme. So Jesus, he's got a different power. We could even talk about Jesus having different priorities. In fact, he tells us that we should be shifting our priorities continuously, that we should be putting our eyes on eternal things. We should be putting our eyes on the things of heaven, not on the things of this earth, because the things of this earth are going to pass away, but whoever does the will of God is going to live forever. So yes, Jesus has a different power and he's got different priorities, but the main reason that Jesus can promise us this life of rest and peace, a life where we lack nothing, is because Jesus has a different pace. He's got a different pace. In fact, I just want to say to you today that our God has got all the time in the world. We talked about that a little bit last week as we looked at the narrative involving Jesus and Jairus. Jesus wasn't rushed. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Jesus was delayed, but he was comfortable being delayed because He's got all the time in the world. We talked last week about how the Bible says that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years. In other words, God has a completely different perspective on the passing of time. Remember, God's got all the time in the world. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So I started thinking about that, and there are 1,440 minutes in a day. There's 1,440 minutes minutes in a 24-hour period. So in God's time, one minute, if one day equals a thousand years, one minute can equal nearly eight and a half months. God's got all the time in the world. He works different. He moves different. He progresses differently. In fact, one Japanese theologian referred to him as the three-mile-per-hour God. 
That's how we got the title for our time together today. God is the three mile per hour God. And he's called, do you have any idea why he's called this? In fact, if you want to give it your best shot, go ahead and enter it in the comments below. Let us hear from you. But he's called the three mile per hour God because three miles per hour is how fast a person normally walks. It's how fast you and I would would normally go from point A to point B. So what exactly is happening when we start trying to keep up with the Joneses and we're constantly rushing in this hectic, out-of-control, feverishly fast-paced world? What happens when our normal pace, our normal walking pace, goes from three miles per hour to five miles per hour to seven miles per hour and to some of you that are really running fast, eight, nine miles per hour. What's happening when when we're living our lives in that way? Well, the bottom line is you are running ahead of God. You're going too fast. You're outpacing the leader. You're going beyond the one who said, in me is refreshment and rest. You know, we said last week that there are three ways that God answers our prayers. Those three ways are either yes, he answers them right away. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Or three, he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. And you know, we, for the most part, don't like it when he says, wait a minute. We get frustrated when we're hearing that response from heaven. But what if, hear me today, what if when he says, wait a minute, he's really just telling you to get into a more healthy rhythm and to match his stride because he's wanting to walk with you and he's wanting to really do some things on the inside of you. There's some transformation needing to take place. There's some things that are needing to be developed. What if wait a minute is not a bad thing at all? What if wait a minute is just trying to get us to slow down? The next thing that you need to realize and write this down, it's only when we slow down that we catch up to God. He's the three mile per hour God. Jesus in Matthew chapter number 11 in the message translation He says that we need to learn the unforced rhythm of grace. And you know what that unforced rhythm of grace is? It is solitude. There are times when we have got to get away and be alone. Kind of like Superman, the man of steel, the greatest superhero of all time. He had his fortress of solitude because Even superheroes need a little time to themselves. We got to get away from everyone and everything. We got to shut out all the noise, shut out all of the distractions. We got to get to, if we're going to get into the place where we've got an unforced rhythm of grace, we've got to have some solitude. And then there's got to be some simplicity in our lives. It can't get complicated, friends. If your life is complicated, Start working to simplify. There's some things that you got to cut out. There's some things you got to get rid of. There's some things you got to prioritize over other things. And sadly, 
whenever a lot of us go to do that, we are moving out and cutting off and getting rid of the wrong things. If it builds you up spiritually, if it fuels you spiritually, if it benefits your relationship with Jesus, my friends, that's the last thing that should go. I get it. We got to slow down. I get it. We've got to get simple, but that does not mean at the expense of the very things that God has put into our life to build us up and to give us a place where we can flourish and where we can reflect, refresh. Gathering with God's people for church, with our faith community, with our faith family, and hearing God's word and worshiping together and, and encouraging one another and testifying to one another, that's not one of the things that we should cut out. Being in small groups, being in right relationships with one another, life-giving places where people are pouring into us and where we're speaking encouragement over someone else, that's not something that gets cut out. Serving God and serving others as we show the love of God to the world, to throw open the door to real refreshment and rest, that's not something that should get cut out. But we got to simplify. we got to simplify. And then if we're going to get into that unforced rhythm of grace beyond solitude and simplicity, we got to get to a place of stillness. No noise. The Bible says this, that in the world there are all kinds of voices. we got to get to a place where we come to stillness. But we don't like to be still. We tell a kid, sit still. How well does that work out? Not much changes as we get older. We do not like to sit still. In fact, solitude and stillness and simplicity is very scary for many because it forces them to deal with themselves. It forces us to look deep down on the inside of us. As long as we're busy and there's noise and we got people around us, we don't have to pay attention to really the hurt, the pain, the questions, the issues that are on the inside of us, the addictions, the hurts, the habits, the hang-ups, the broken hearts. We want to we want to present our best image. We want to flash a smile. We want people to think that we're successful and wealthy, that we got it all together. We're super intelligent. We even want people to think that we've got it so together that we really don't even need God very much. Like if we are a believer, well, we just kind of have Jesus because we want to show him off occasionally on Sundays. But stillness and solitude and simplicity, it forces us to see what's really going on on the inside of us. And you know as well as I do, when you're alone and when there's no one around, you can't fool yourself. You got to come to terms with some of the things that you're running from, some of the things that you're dealing with. We don't want to sit still. We don't want simplicity. We don't want solitude because we don't really want to hear the cry of our soul. We don't want to hear that we're on empty. We don't want to hear that we're addicted. We don't want to hear that we're angry. We don't want to hear that we're bitter. We don't want to hear that we don't really know exactly what we're supposed to do. We don't know, we don't know how we're supposed to proceed. We don't want anyone to hear. We don't want to hear the fact that our lives really are a mess. They look good on the outside, but man, they're a mess. We've got Things going on in our life that are just aren't right, unethical, immoral, illegal, you name it, it's there. And when you're stopping and when you're getting simple and when you're alone, you're going to hear all of that. 
But this is what God says, Psalms 37 and verse number 7. He says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Exodus chapter number 14 records where Moses says to the people, do not be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Just stand still. You don't have to do anything. Wait a minute. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Lord himself is going to fight for you if you'll just stay still, if you'll just stay calm. Look at what the Bible is saying to us over and over again. Be still and know. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What we read in Psalms 27, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. We're told over and over again, and the reason for it is because when you wait a minute, when you slow down to walk with and to really know the three mile per hour God, you're going to be able to handle, hear me today, you are going to be able to handle any and all of the tests, trials, and temptations that Satan or sin or self is going to bring your way. In fact, I'm closing with this. The Bible tells us of Jesus going into the wilderness. In the very beginning of his ministry, around the age of 30, the Bible records that Jesus withdraws himself from everyone and goes in the middle of nowhere for 40 days. And he does this so that he can himself get into that unforced rhythm of grace. So that he can truly commune with divinity. So that he can deeply and authentically no divinity so that divinity can deeply and authentically develop him and get into every part of him and it's there that satan comes and tempts him satan comes with all of hell and gives it his best shot to take jesus off course to bring jesus down to prevent jesus from accomplishing the mission that he was in this world to accomplish. And the first thing was he says to Jesus, who is practicing the spiritual discipline of fasting and who has not eaten for 40 days, Satan says to Jesus, Jesus, turn this stone into bread. And Jesus looks at that temptation and because he is walking with the three mile per hour God, because he has wait a minute because he has slowed down. He can say to Satan, Satan, I only hear and speak what my father says. And then Satan says, okay, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you jump off of the temple and show your power because the angels will catch you before you hit the ground and everyone's going to know who it is that you really are. And because Jesus has slowed down because he is waiting a minute. He can respond and say, I only do what my father wants me to do. And then last, Satan takes Jesus up on a high mountain where he shows him supernaturally all of the biggest, brightest, and best cities and kingdoms of the world. And he says, Jesus, if you'll worship me, I'll let you have all of this. All of this can be yours. You just need to worship me, or in other words, devote your time, money, and attention to me, because really that's what worship is, a devotion of time, money, and attention 
to a thing. And Jesus looks at Satan and he says, my priorities remain centered around what my priorities should be. What my, what my father says my priorities should be. And when you are at a point in your life where you have slowed down enough to know your heavenly father, to allow him to do heart work in you, to allow him to change things on the inside of you, to change your very nature, when you slow down enough to get into that unforced rhythm of grace where you are walking with your heavenly father and he is walking with you, no matter what comes your way, you are going to be able to say, I only hear and speak what my father says. I only do what my father wants me to do. My priorities remain centered around only what my heavenly father says that my priorities should be. Unforced rhythms of grace, stillness, solitude, simplicity. It means power. Jesus invites us in and he says, if you will just simply join your life with mine, I'm going to refresh your life. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're carrying heavy burdens, join your life with mine. I am going to refresh your life. I'll be your oasis. And you're going to refine refreshment and rest in me. That's how you're going to be able to make the long haul. That's how you're going to be able to go the distance in your marriage, in your other relationships, in your career, with your faith. That's how we're going to all one day hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. At the end of this great faith adventure, it's because we will have slowed down. We will have waited a minute and truly journeyed in the rest of our three mile per hour God. I want to close today with repeating what we read in Hebrews chapter number four. And I want you to think about this in light of what we're talking about today. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Come on, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some people who are tired, who are burnt out, who have maybe achieved success but found it to be very empty and very unsatisfying. God's promise of entering his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble in fear that some of us are going to miss out on this rest. It's for all of us, but some of us are going to miss out. We're going to keep running. We're not going to slow down. We're not going to go into a place of solitude or simplicity or stillness. We're going to miss it for this good news. Do you know today that Jesus and the fact that in him you lack nothing, that's good news This good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us for only we who believe can enter his rest. There is a special rest that is still waiting for the people of God. Only those of us who believe are going to get it and there is a special rest. So let us do our best to enter that rest. The good news here today is to enter that rest, to embrace that special rest. The writer of Hebrews says, all we have to do is believe. That just means we've got to surrender. That's it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to fight for it. 
You don't have to run yourself ragged after it. You just surrender. In fact, right where you are, I just want you to bow your head, close your eyes, lift your hands up in a manner like this, like you're receiving. And as you're standing or sitting with your hands lifted like this, I just want you to take a couple of deep breaths. Just pause for a moment. Take a deep breath. And I want you to hear, no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up, no matter how you've failed, no matter how you've fallen short, no matter how far from God you may be in this moment, I want you to hear His voice. I want you to hear Him saying to you that He loves you that you are His special child. That He has never meant for you to get this broken, this exhausted, this anxious, this confused. Come on, that's it. Take another deep breath and hear His voice saying to you, there is rest available. There is refreshing available. And it's going to come now. As you surrender in this moment, the Bible in the book of Acts says that when we repent, when we change the way that we think and we embrace Jesus and move in the direction of Jesus, that a refreshing comes from heaven. And right now, Jesus, for those whose hearts and minds are open, to those who are surrendering, To those who are making a fresh start, I ask you right now that that refreshing would come from heaven. When those times of refreshing come, let it be now. And I pray that my friends, wherever they are, whatever they're facing and going through, that they would tangibly right now feel the weight of the world taken off their shoulders as you come beside them and you put it on your shoulders. Let them feel right now calm in the middle of the storm, a peace in the middle of their situation. Let them even know that they have been forgiven. They're clean. They're brand new. And Jesus, we say to you, as you are bringing us into a place of rest and refreshment, a place where we lack nothing, that God, you would provide us the wholeness. God, that you would Bring us to a place where we're fully alive, where we flourish, where we live fulfilled. Jesus, we make you the Lord and the leader of our lives so that we can run in this freedom, so that we can run in this strength. We thank you and we give you praise for the the fresh wind that is now blowing into our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.